25 years ago. Ah, a long time. I was thinking how grateful and thankful that I have the opportunity to work with such a wonderful organization and to work with wonderful people. Someone asked me the other day, why do you stay at Whitworth? And I didn't hesitate. I said it's because of the students. I stay because I have developed so many beautiful relationships with you young people. I tell my children, uh, young people keep me young. I'm 66. And I think of the many years that I've um, had the opportunity to love on you guys. I said, you know it's bad when you're in the Colorado airport and someone shouts, Mama Beans! And I was like, oh my God, where, where? And a young man walks up to me and says, you, not, you may not remember me, but I remember you. And he introduces me to his wife and his new baby. And she simply looks at me, she says, so you're Mama Beans. I'm like, I hope it's good. She said, that's all he talks about when he talks about Jesus. So I am reminded that I have a mission this morning. Last week, Lauren shared with us some eye-opening revelation on what it means to be submissive and to truly understand what the scriptures tell us. So we're going to go back into the story of 1 Peter in chapter 3, verses 8 through 18. I will not read the entirety of those scriptures. I challenge you as young minds to dive into the word of God. If you want to find out some good soap opera stories, some gossip, some good stuff, go to the Bible. It'll just open up and tell you everything. We see that in chapter 3, Peter is telling the men and women of God to suffer for doing good. I thought about that statement, suffering for doing good. It might seem strange to some people, because when you look up the word suffering, you get words like sorrow and grief and misery and, and woe and pain and anguish, distress and torment. Those don't seem like really good words to really navigate to. And then there was the word enduring. Peter is telling the Christian community not only to suffer, but to endure. He is telling them to prevail, to continue, to persist, to live on. This is what he is telling them to do. So in verse 8, he says, finally, all of you be like-minded be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. And then he goes to say, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to do this, you are called so that you may inherit a blessing. You see, Peter is telling us that there is godliness there is goodness, there is righteousness in suffering. And when I read this passage of scripture, I said to myself, he's given a lot of instructions, but he's not asking the men and women of God to do this. He is telling the men and women of God that they must do this. Because you see, as leaders, uh, they have to recognize that suffering and opposition comes with the territory. Peter writes to the Christians who have begun to suffer opposition in their convictions. Peter knew firsthand because he had suffered opposition 
for many years, and he knew what it meant to be rebuked and beaten and arrested and imprisoned and even mocked. Being a disciple, a follower of Christ, comes with some suffering. And there may come a time in your life that you may have to suffer for the gospel, this good news, this nearly too good to be true news, you will suffer. And then he says to be like-minded, and meaning there must be unity of God's people. We are one, but we are not all the same. And while we all might be of one mind, we can't expect everyone to be like us. You see, God has built unity and diversity among his people. We must be sympathetic to those who mistreat us, who do us wrong. He says, love one another, be compassionate and humble. And Jesus gave to the world to identify his true disciples. He said, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. He says we cannot repay evil with evil or insult with insult. You see, the greatest challenge to our love for others comes when we are wronged. And at those times, we are called to not return evil for evil, but to give a blessing instead. This passage of scripture tells us that we may inherit a blessing. We love one another, but not only for the sake of Jesus, whose body we members are of for the sake of our brothers and sisters for whom Jesus died, but we love one another for our own sake as well. By blessing those who have wronged us, we will inherit a blessing. Verses 10 through 12 tells us that the blessing that comes to those who turn away evil and do good. Doing good is often difficult. Because as a general rule, evil is rewarded immediately, and the reward of doing good is sometimes often delayed. But Peter, Peter is telling us as the scripture continues to not fear, but in our hearts reveal Christ as Lord. Be prepared, young people, to give the answer for the hope that we have. He is telling us to be gentle and show respect. Keep a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of the slander that they put towards you. And a key point I want you to remember, verse 17 says, For it is better, for it is better, for it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than doing evil. You see, Christ suffered for our sins. The righteous for the unrighteous to bring us back to God. Suffering for doing good, this is what Jesus did for us. And there will come a time in your life that you will have to suffer for doing good you may lose some friends. You may lose family. You may lose a job because you are doing good for the calling of Christ. There are people around the world who are suffering for doing good because they are representing Christ. They are disciples, followers of Jesus. And we can read about those in the days of old who suffered for the name of Christ. 
But I am reminded as the band comes up, this is a true story about one godly woman who truly lived out this passage regarding godliness in suffering. Her daughter was brutally killed by a young man. And on the day that this young man was convicted of killing her daughter, which by the way was her only child, she told him, I will be visiting you every week for the rest of your life. Now, you would think that she was going to try her best to seek revenge on this young man. He had brutally killed her daughter. And for the next 25 years, she visited this young man. You see, she had an agenda. Her agenda was to be like-minded like Christ. Her agenda was to show sympathy and love. Her agenda was not to repay evil for evil or insult for insult. You see, for 25 years, every week, she visited this young man and shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with him. And in doing so, he gave his life to Christ. And for 25 years, she loved on him and cared for him. And on the day of his release, she was waiting at the gate for him with open arms. She took this young man into her home after 25 years, after killing her daughter brutally. And people said she had lost her mind. And she said, I did. I lost my mind for Christ. And you see, not only did she take this young man into her home, she adopted this young man. He became her son. And they traveled the country telling people about the power of forgiveness. Peter reminds us that there is even a blessing for when we suffer for righteousness' sake. God will care for us, especially when we suffer unjustly. This woman and this young man are truly an example of what it means to live for Christ, to be a disciple. This woman is a godly example of doing good. I don't know if I could have done that, but she set the example of restoring a young man's broken heart and brought back a dead relationship to a live relationship with Christ. Remember, we all need to be an example for unity and love among God's people. On today, as far as said, as they prepare to bring the verdict, pray, young people, that there will be unity in our country because he has justice as well as upon the injustice. And may we be better for it, for truly it's God's will to suffer for doing good than doing evil. May you let that scripture resonate in your heart and know that we've all been called 
to do the will of God. May you be unified on this campus. God has called for us to be a diverse community. I'm honored and privileged to serve you because there is unity, there is love, there is compassion when we serve the living God. Bless you this